It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors, we are putting the Kevin Durant talk on the back burner for a second as we dig into the Raptors' first summer league game, a 97-77 win over the summer Sixers. We'll dig into the big performances from Armani Brooks, Delano Banton, Christian Coloco in his debut as well. We'll also talk about what the back end of the roster might look like. The Raptors have signed DJ Wilson to a contract, and obviously there are other guys floating around in this summer league roster who are vying for spots on the team as well. We'll get to all that and more on today's Summer League edition of Locked On Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1213 of Lockdown Raptors for Monday, July the... Oh God, Big V, help me. July the 11th, right? Yeah, yeah. July the 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also follow, subscribe, rate, review on all your favorite podcast apps for free. And you can go to YouTube and subscribe over there. Join the nearly 2,500 satisfied customers on the Locked on Raptors YouTube channel and see my face every single day and also the faces of my guests. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Line.net, who have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before? Bet Online is where the game starts. And thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day. Let's get to it. The Toronto Raptors open up their summer league slate. They've only played one game so far, which feels uh, impossible. And I don't know why they dragged this into a second week of deathly heat in Vegas for all the people who have to go and watch all these Raptors games. But hey, Still lots of Raptors games on tap for Summer League. One is in the books. Again, a 20-point win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday afternoon. And joining me to talk about it and dig into some roster, back end of the roster minutia is our pal, Vivek Jacob. How's it going, pal? It's going good. It's going great. Uh, very fun weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, I was able to catch the CCYAA Celebrity Classic with <laughs> Simu Liu and Jeremy Lin and... Uh, Ronnie Chang and Hassan Minaj and Will Liu and Alex Wong doing the play-by-play, which was hilarious <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> so that was a very fun Saturday night. Sunday got some quality time with friends, and and now here we are. 
Yeah, I myself was at a cottage over the weekend doing a whole lot of nothing and didn't have internet access to watch the Raptors Summer League game, so I caught up a little bit on it last night as I got home and uh, watched the important bits. So we're going to dig into our sort of big takeaways and all that. We're going to talk about the DJ Wilson signing, the Justin Champagne injury, and all that stuff. But first, we should probably talk about Christian Coloco, who I think is the guy everybody had their eyes on going into his Summer League debut with the Raptors. He started for the team. He played 28 minutes. He scored 12 points on 4 of 11 shooting, 7 boards, 2 assists, and the big ones are 3 steals and 3 blocks. Good for a plus 9. He fouled. He got 6 fouls. I guess you don't foul out in Summer League. So, uh, he had 10 fouls in Yeah, 10 league. fouls. That's, that's the way it should be in all basketball, by the way. Fouling out sucks. We all agree. Um, I'll save my rule changes for the deeper parts of the offseason, but... Uh, Big V, Christian Coloco, let's start with him. What was your big takeaway from watching Christian Coloco play in Raptors attire for the very first time? So one of the things that I was curious about because of the conflicting reports was his mobility, uh, his switchability, that type of thing. Some people were like, oh, yeah, he's switchable. He's really mobile, that type of thing. And some people were like, no, that's going to take a while. Um, I, I think he's quite mobile. Um, and, uh, you know, he, you're not going to like leave him on an Island against a guard all the time, yeah. the level of mobile, but I think he's, you know, seven, one, two thirty mobile, right. Um, yeah. or two twenty, whatever he is right now. And so, uh, in fact, if you want to see how fast he can move, cause this was a summer league game. So maybe a lot of people weren't watching at the, you know, with, with one minute remaining in the fourth quarter. But uh, <laughs> we call those people freaks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's what I am. Uh, and so, Freak and yeah, chief, Vivek Jacob. Yeah. And the Raptors got the ball in transition. Mm-hmm. And this man jetted down the floor um, so fast. I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. That he was able to sprint down the floor that quickly. Um, and then he was really hoping uh, for that rim running pass and that he could just finish <laughs> it off and he didn't get it. Um, and then, and then he hustled right back. Uh, and then he was stuck on an Island defending a guard and did enough to take away the drive. And I was like, man, seeing those two things that come at the very end of the game, um, that's the raw stuff that really excites you. And yeah. I'm assuming a lot of that mobility, that speed comes from those years playing soccer. Um, yeah. And so that's really exciting to see. Obviously, there's the stuff that is going to have a long way to go uh, in terms of the offense. And maybe yeah. you can get into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I mean, the fluidity really did kind of pop off the screen, right? And, and that is... You know, it's not just can you stay in front of a defender laterally where movement comes into play in basketball, right? There's the sort of spatial awareness and there's the being able to run the break, which the Raptors, of course, love to do a lot. And if you can add a guy who's seven foot one who can kind of run to the rim as you have all these other guys streaking down the floor, that feels like a pretty useful thing to have in your sort of set of skills that you have on the roster. And yeah, I I think the... 
just he seems there's this sort of phrase that I think was popularized by the defector writer Albert Bernico about guys just knowing where to stand and that being like half of the battle in basketball. And Christian Coloco knows where the hell to stand. That guy, like he, his positioning is really good. You see, you saw him sort of defending the pick and roll really adeptly, sort of tagging the roller, still keeping an eye on the ball handler, kind of doing that two at one type thing. He just seems to know he's not in the way. He's not clogging up the lane really. You know, he can kind of use his body to create space for others. I noticed that a few times as well. That is like a really important thing to have, especially in a defensive big where knowing where to stand is probably more than half the battle. So that was really encouraging. The offense, yeah, that's going to take some time and there will probably be kind of the limiting factor for him in his rookie season when it comes to playing time. You know, if you can get a nice stretch where he can kind of crash the offensive glass and finish for you and maybe get a couple of buckets on the roll, that's great. But, you know, and look, this is summer league. They're not going to post him up in a regular season Raptors game more often than not. Like <laughs> That would be pretty shocking if we did see that. And, you know, there were a couple times where he got it thrown into him and it just looked a little bit clunky, a little bit awkward. But I, I think that's fine. And no one is a finished product, especially a 33rd overall draft pick. And the touch and the fluidity that are there kind of give me hope that eventually that offense will come into form just because he kind of knows how to control his body. He's pretty dexterous for a guy of his size and length. And that, to me, is sort of the more important thing here. So, yeah, the, the offense, what, where are you at with, like, his offense? Like, do you think it's it's been one game, so we can't really draw grand conclusions, although that's what we're here to do, baby. Uh, like, any sort of thoughts as to, like, where that skill set that he has would fit into the Raptors' scheme right now? Do you think his lack of finishing ability on display again in just one game. Uh, but again, that's sort of the, the knock on him coming out of college is that the offense is way behind the defense. Where do you think that slots into what the Raptors do right now where like space is at a premium, bigs knowing how to finish is at a premium because it often comes to them as a result of the action. Uh, where do you think he kind of slots in offensively within the Raptors right now? Yeah, the good thing is the Raptors wouldn't need to go to him in the half court. And that's where you really saw uh, the rawness, right? Like the yeah. good stuff was when he's able to get out on the break or if he's, uh, you know, pre presenting that uh, rim running threat uh, off a screen uh, and he's rolling to the basket, that type of uh, stuff he'll be fine at. Um, yeah. And you throw it up there and he's able to go get it. Um, I think <clears throat> it's the post-up stuff, uh, the jump hook stuff where it's like <laughs> you can tell – he has not uh he doesn't really have the footwork he doesn't really understand um you know when to sort of lay a blow on someone to create that separation like for example the first uh post up that we saw him have yeah he was backing down isaiah joe and yeah. so it's like good job um actually backing him down and getting deep in the paint but then because of his lack of footwork and correct technique, yeah. by the time he's going up for the shot, um, Isaiah Joe is able to get himself back into the play and block the shot, Yeah. right? And so there's little things like that where it's like, are you able to get your footwork to a point where that final back down, you're going up right away where he's still feeling the hit and he can't come up with you? Or are you just taking enough time where even though he's coming back, you're recognizing that he is back and you're laying that one final blow again to knock him off? Or you're taking, you know, a pump fake and then it's like, okay, well, this guy is 
seven foot one with a seven five wingspan. <laughs> I'm not going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, just a matter of like that. Yeah, like I think all bigs kind of have to learn that they're taller than everybody at some point, right? Like this was a precious Achua thing at the start of the year where he like kept on bringing the ball low and like just not realizing that he's longer and taller than most people, even as an undersized big. And that's something that typically comes along with guys. And yeah, I'm just excited to have like an actual sort of rim running big on the team for the first time in a while, right? Like I've not been sort of clamoring for a traditional center, but it's nice to have that set of skills. A guy who can actually come up and set a screen is pretty nice. And so uh, pretty intrigued and encouraged by the first summer league game for one Christian Coloco. We will pivot now into a conversation about DJ Wilson, another big on the team who has been signed to a contract. We'll dig into what that means. We'll also talk about Justin Champagne's injury, Armani Brooks going off in the summer league game, what it all means for the back end of the Raptors roster. We'll get to that in one sec, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. Again, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest major sports developments, league reviews, including futures for the NFL season, next year's NHL season, NBA futures. They're all there, plus the ongoing Major League Baseball season. It's all available, and you can sort of peruse all the different information to help you become the informed wager. You get injury updates. You get podcasts, news, evaluating everything that's going on. And you can do live betting. You can bet on esports. you got everything at the tip of your fingers at betonline.net. I highly recommend if you are someone who is still watching the Kevin Durant watch uh, with the Toronto Raptors, you want to throw some money down on the Raptors ending up with KD, you can go do that right now at betonline.net. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores and everything else related to sports betting. And you got your favorite one-off events too, like MMA fights, boxing, golf tournaments, all of, it, all of it is there. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your Summer League opener recap episode of Locked On Raptors. we got a few little news and notes items to get to here, all kind of tying into the back end of the Raptors roster. DJ Wilson signed to a contract, a uh, standard NBA deal, probably going to be in sort of a competition with, you know, Svima Hailuk and some other guys to not get waived once training camp comes around. You've got Armani Brooks going off, just pouring in everything from outside. 5 of 12 from deep, 9 of 18 overall in the Summer League opener. 25 points, 7 boards, 2 assists for him. Very exciting stuff. Kind of a forgotten man a little bit, I think, in terms of like the back end of the roster crunch for the Raptors was pretty useful at times last year for the team. And then uh, you got Justin Champagny with a thumb injury that's going to keep him out. He didn't even play on Saturday, and he will not play for the remainder of Summer League, it seems, which is a bummer because I am very much on the Justin Champagne wagon. Um, Big V, let's start with DJ Wilson. Uh, I think this was news that a lot of people were happy about. Of course, a guy who was pretty good on a couple of 10-day contracts and then got hurt during one of them last year, and it kind of derailed what looked like a pretty promising stretch of play for him. Uh, You know, guy with first-round pedigree in the NBA, that doesn't always mean everything, but it does mean something. What are your thoughts on DJ Wilson getting a shot to compete for the team next season uh, in what is sort of quickly becoming, potentially, a pretty crowded front court for this team? 
Yeah, I'm happy he's getting the shot. I thought he did enough to impress uh, last season until the unfortunate knee injury. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of a bummer because it seemed like uh, he was on the right track and uh, things were going well for him individually. Um, So I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. Uh, Didn't necessarily (laughs) make the most of this first game. Uh, (laughs) I I thought he struggled in this one. Maybe... um, a little too excited off the contract and tried to do a little bit too much uh, individually, um, you know, with the post-ups and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably uh, want to show off some stuff that maybe he, that he, he's been working on. But at the same time, you know, I think he can be secure in like what he brings to the table. Um, some of that switchability uh, around the perimeter, um, the rebounding, um and and just kind of stick to that stuff Uh, i think i think that's always whether it's the summer league whether it's the g league i feel like that mentality has got to be the same where it's like you just got to recognize if you just do what's best for the team all the other stuff will come um Mm -hmm. you don't uh unless you legitimately have the talent to be like a standout guy um like dj wilson isn't going to come in and you know knock down four or five triples and you know <laughs> blow past guys so I, I think he's one of those guys that that's better off just sticking to his role and as long as he does that i think he'll be fine i don't know if i can begrudge a guy for feeling himself after getting an nba contract i would probably do the exact same just the full <laughs> game of heat check and i signed the paper i got some money let's go uh yeah i mean i, I don't really know where DJ Wilson would figure in if he did make the team. I feel like I would rather see Christian Coloco play ahead of him, considering he's a draft pick of the team. There's something invested in him. He's younger. There's a little bit more in terms of stuff to tap into. We keep on forgetting that Kem Birch is on the team as well. I feel like like he's there too, and, and he might actually be in line for a bit of a bounce back, considering he was so injured and beaten up this past year. So I don't really know if it's anything but sort of insurance maybe it's like loading the front court in the event of a Kevin Durant trade or something. I That's like the galaxy brain way to look at it. I think that's probably a little bit more of a sort of harebrained thought than anything else. But hey, believe what you want to believe. Read the tea leaves how you see fit. That's fine. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I we'll would have a good idea him. once Coloco signs his contract. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, that's still up in the air. huh? It, it's... Um, I don't know. Do, do you would you expect DJ Wilson has a chance to make the team, or is there someone like maybe Ar- Armani Brooks who might have a better chance of kind of snaking that last spot? Like, there's not that many roster spots available on this team. Like, no. Svi probably needs to be cut even to open up room for one of these guys as well. So it's you know it, there's certainly a crunch there. I, you know, I've kind of been penciling in Justin Champagne. Maybe he ends up being on the outside looking in, which would hurt my my soul as someone who is very much on the Justin Champagne is going to play 18 minutes a game next year bandwagon, but um where, where are you at in terms of that sort of trio of guys and how they might compete here obviously different skill sets overlapping with one another we'll throw Svi into this conversation as well Brooks again goes for 25 in this game offers a little bit of guard play which the Raptors don't have a bounty of necessarily although I don't know if they think that's a problem considering they have Pascal and uh, Scotty Barnes to handle the ball a whole bunch but where are you at with that sort of trio or quartet of guys at the back end of the roster who will be battling to make the team yeah, I think what was great about Armani's performance is like he comes in and it's like, hey, there's no one else here that can do what I do, right? And he's coming in, making threes. Uh, he had a few transition plays where he was able to uh, get to the basket. 
uh, rebounded well enough. Well, I thought he was solid enough defensively as well. Um, obviously, at his size, he's still going to have the plays where he's kind of knocked off his route or whatever it may be. Um, but I think that's a guy you look at as saying, hey, he brings someone different to the team. Um, and then from the guys who do kind of bring something similar in terms of being switchable defense first guys, it's how are you se- separating yourselves offensively, right? Mm. So if Champagne comes in and he's showing that he's improved his jump shot, then that, I mean, I think he kind of already has the inside track that would solidify uh, him getting to the finish line in terms of that spot. And so um, DJ Wilson, you know, probably, you know, right there with Champagne in terms of the rebounding. Um mm-hmm. And then you you look at the other stuff in in terms of okay, are they genuinely offering a better shooting threat? All that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where DJ might find himself a bit short. Uh, yeah, I think that's where the Thad Young acquisition yeah has sort of established that okay, you very much have enough of these guys, right? That's yeah. why with Auto Porter, it's like okay. He can shoot the ball, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It's like you definitely don't need another that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where it maybe uh, makes it a bit harder for all those guys who can't shoot. Counterpoint think of the dream that would be uh, a team of all Thad Youngs. Just uh, <laughs> razor sharp elbows, throwing cool ass bounce passes to cutters who are also Thad Young. That would be awesome. I'm down. They'll um, just be no. cutting and passing for the entire 24 seconds. <laughs> and I can't imagine a better thing to want to watch in the entire world, frankly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that's a really well taken point. And I think like a huge thing is how real was Champagne's three point outburst down in the G League, right? Like he was really good on pretty high volume, like seven attempts a game, near 40%. Um, like if that can carry over, that is a rotation player without question to me and is like going to win one of those camp jobs without a doubt. But, you know, with a thumb injury, it sucks that he doesn't get the chance to put that on display just to get a little bit more proof of concept here in Summer League. And it will really come down to, I think, what is he showing off in the preseason? How much do the Raptors actually buy into what he did with the 905 last year. I would still say he has a very, very good chance of making the team. It seems like they're invested in him and think that he's a worthwhile project to spend their development time on. But, um, you know, if an Armani Brooks comes comes in and just shoots the lights out and makes it a, a really difficult choice in the preseason, you know, any one of these guys could kind of be on the chopping block. I don't think there's anyone who's like necessarily safe, but hey, it's the middle of July. We have a few months to figure out who's going to make the back end of the Raptors roster. Any other quick straight thoughts on guys from the team that you were impressed with? Ron Harper Jr. played a little bit, didn't do anything crazy. Uh, any any quick thoughts sort of uh, on the dudes who chipped in in this one for the Raptors? David Johnson, of course, played 17 minutes as well. He very much feels like kind of on the outside looking in at this point. Where are you at with the sort of other guys in the Raptors ether? Well, I thought Delano Banton had a very good game. Oh, he's coming up in the next segment. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. <laughs> um, I think uh, amongst the other guys, I think, uh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about David Johnson. I thought that he um, struggled. I, I think that he's someone that is still trying to figure out where he fits in within the offensive schemes. I thought defensively um, was a struggle. 
Um, I think especially like his defensive awareness just seems really mm. poor um, right. in general. Like there were just too many times where he's flat footed and then it's like, oh, here comes a pick and roll. Oh, I'm involved <laughs> in the screening action. Like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so stuff like that is frustrating to see. Like you just got to be more on it, especially on a team like this <laughs> that is yeah. defense first, second and third. Uh, so um i think i think he's got quite a ways to go yeah i mean i think it's a bit of proof that uh not every pick the raptors make is going to be some sort of stroke of genius that will result in all-star appearances for said player it's difficult to draft in the second round man and that's now going on what three four straight second rounds we don't know what coloco is gonna produce he seems more first roundery than second roundery to be fair but like dewan hernandez Nothing much there. Jalen Harris, obviously, you know, he was fine in his rookie year before getting suspended. I wasn't like blown away or anything like that. And he has not really blown me away in the CEBL since coming back over. So there's that. There's David Johnson. Like, obviously, Malachi Flynn was a 29th overall pick. The Raptors have not hit on all of these guys. And nobody hits on all of these guys, to be clear. Like, it's a very difficult thing to do. But I, I think it does kind of speak to maybe the the sort of impression that everyone the Raptors take is going to become some sort of basketball savant. That's just not always the case. However, Delano Banton is absolutely going to become just that. We're going to talk about him in just a second and dig into who we think is the most likely of the back-end roster guys for the Raptors to jump into the regular rotation by season's end next year. We'll get to that in one sec to close out the show, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who are amazing and helping to take back the power when you go to the mechanic. You go to the mechanic sometimes, you say, hey, my car's busted, I need this thing fixed, and they'll say, sure, we got that one part in-house, we don't have any other options, and it costs this much money, and that amount is usually whole lots of money and you don't want to spend that much money because you know there's a cheaper option out there because you know that rock auto exists and you have access to it with your phone at any time of the day you can just go into rockauto.com right now and instead of just getting one option for the part that you need for your car, you can get a ton of options. You just search the make, year, model, find the parts you need, and they have brand specifications and prices to choose from as opposed to just being saddled with whatever the mechanic or chain store is going to give you. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been doing it for 20 years, serving do-it-yourselfers and professionals alike, all with the same prices for both. And they got everything you might need from brake parts and tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpets. Go explore their easy use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box you know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here to close out 
our Summer League Recap Edition of Locked On Raptors. We're going to dig now into Delano Banton's very good game. 21-7-5 on 6-11 of 11 shooting, 2-3 of three from downtown. Had 7 turnovers, but I think that comes with the territory with the amount that he was asked to do in this game. Uh, and he's still learning as a point guard and lead ball handler. So there's that. Uh, obviously, he's not the only guy vying for potential minutes on the Raptors next season. We mentioned Justin Champagny. We've talked about Armani Brooks. We've talked about all sorts of different guys. And there are other guys not in Summer League who are also going to be in competition for for minutes next year too uh i'm curious right now big v of the guys so we know what the the first the top eight is essentially right you got fred van vliet gary trent jr og pascal siakam uh scotty barnes pressures achua chris boucher thad young and i guess Otto porter makes nine holy crap this team might be kind of deep uh so if you're looking at like the 10th guy in the rotation it might not be that that's all that necessary but injuries happen guys have to cycle in you know, Otto Porter has not been terribly healthy his entire career. OG Ananobi's obviously had his injury issues. There will be minutes available at some point to a trusted 10th man in Nick Nurse's rotation. I am asking you now, Big V, based on what you've seen in Summer League, based on what you've seen G League, the Raptors roster, everything, who do you think right now stands the best chance of being Nick Nurse's most trusted 10th man going into next season? It could be someone as easy as Ken Birch, who, again, we keep forgetting is on the team, but maybe kind of is not quite as sexy as some of these other options. Who do you think stands the best chance of becoming the 10th man on this year's Toronto Raptors? I do think the logical answer is Ken Birch. Yeah. I think uh, he's probably due for a bounce back season after dealing with the injuries and mm-hmm. um you know one thing i keep going back to is in terms of the way the raptors play uh if you can't get enough out of the guard spot then you just sort of lean in towards playing bigger mm-hmm. and so if you've got um say those non-fred minutes you if you're not getting enough out of malachi Flynn, you're not getting enough out of delano benton then you're better off just putting Scotty or Pascal at the point and then playing someone like Kemberch, right? Sure. And sure. so I, I think that is probably the way I will lean uh, in terms of the fun answer. Uh, if Delano Banton is going to make threes <laughs> like he did in the third quarter, uh, <laughs> back-to-back threes like he did uh, in, in the third quarter um, and able to penetrate and get to the basket and drop off some nice dimes, um I think that's a guy you definitely look at and say, hey, that's a guy who's switchable and uh, can play, can handle the ball, no problem, Um, uh, and, you know, maybe run some offense. Ben's kind of done everything you want to see from him, right? Like, he crushed the G League. He was super, super prolific down there. And to see him carried over to Summer League in the first game is really, really encouraging for sure. And, you know, he hit the two threes. There was also one three that got called back on an illegal screen by Coloco in the first quarter that he completely wetted as well. And so... I mean, yeah. Am I banking on Delano Benton becoming a three-point shooter that you trust, like capital T, capital P, capital S? Probably not just yet, but, you know, keep on giving some sample and maybe we'll see that. Yeah, and I think of all these guys, he kind of fits the ethos of the team the most, right? Can put the ball on the deck, can handle it, can obviously defend and, and really sort of drive transition. I mean, the first play of the freaking game was a steal and a dunk in transition for Delano Banton. And so, yeah, I, I think he really does stand a chance of helping this team out quite a bit this year in his second season. 
like way beyond what I think my expectations would have been, you know, when he was drafted and he was this sort of weird, lanky dude who didn't really have much motor to his game. Like he's just completely revamped the way he plays, the speed with which he plays, and it seems to really fit what the Raptors want out of their guys. So I could totally see him, you know, snagging that 10th spot in the rotation with, uh, you know, a good preseason and things like that. I think my answer, though, is probably going to be Christian Coloco. I, I think it's not going to be a ton of center minutes they need. And I think they're going to want to try to at least see what he can do and develop him a little bit. Maybe get him out there with like a decent pick and roll partner and some second units. Maybe him and Fred Van Vliet can work together, something like that. Maybe him and Scotty Barnes can work a little pick and roll magic. Wouldn't that be a delight? But um, I, I kind of think he might be the guy right now just because of the defensive floor he kind of brings and the different skill set he brings. Nick Nurse was on the broadcast with, uh, I think it was Chris Miles and Steve Smith, uh, you know, watching uh, when I was watching last night and he was, you know, digging into, yeah, like we really like what he can do defensively. And he kind of gives us something we don't have a lot of, which I think might end up working in his favor when it comes to how they assemble the rotation. And I just think, as much as Ken Birch is a better player right now than Christian Coloco, I wonder if they still try to have their cake and eat it too while winning games and also trying to develop and having Christian Coloco play 12 to 15 minutes a game might be a way to do that without damaging your overall ability to win games necessarily. You know, things will come and go. I'm sure there will be hot streaks and cold streaks for a guy like Coloco for sure, just because he's a, a rookie and he's coming out of his into his first year after being a second round pick and all that. But um, I think I might pencil him in right now just because of the diversity of skills he offers as opposed to Ben, which again is just kind of like another really fast fad young uh, <laughs> to your earlier point. Um, I, I Like other guys in that conversation, I suppose if you kind of just run through the roster, you've got uh, Justin Champagny potentially, who I am still very high on. I think he stands a pretty good shot at this as well. We mentioned Cam Birch. There's FEMA Luke. Do you have any hope at all for Svee, man? I, I know he's like on the team. He's going to compete for a spot. Like he's got a guaranteed deal for next year. So it will cost him some money to move on from him. Do you have any hope for like a Svee bounce back campaign? Well, I think one thing we've talked about before is like when I looked at his three point numbers, mm -hmm. there's actually nothing to suggest he is a dead eye shooter. That's true. So when we say bounce back, it's like, what is he bouncing back into? Like, yeah, unless he comes into the season and is knocking down like 38, 39, 40% of his like above the break threes. Yeah. It's going to be tough to have him on the court. So, um, yeah, like he had an extended stretch where he was getting opportunities and he like the best he could do was knock down what two threes in a game. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got to be able to pop off in that role, right? And so um, I think it's going to be really tough for him. Um, yeah, I think there is a chance that he kind of gets waved and stretched because um, yeah. that contract is small enough. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really difficult for him. But, you know, the, your points on Coloco are are taken. I think, I think there's a chance that we could see sort of – Kem get the minutes through the first few months of the season where Coloco's sure. getting a solid chunk of like 905 time sure. to develop and work on stuff. And then as he's getting more comfortable, um, like obviously if there's an injury or something, he comes in right away to step into that spot. But um, I think for the most part, it'll be him getting that 905 time and then come, 
you know, say February, if there's a trade or before that, whatever it may be, um, then I could see him stepping into a bigger role um, after that. Like it sure. could, it could be Norman Powell, like in terms of the timeline. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's tough, right? Cause it's always more difficult for a big than it is a guard, uh, especially like a downhill guard who everyone knew the one thing he did really well was drive to the bucket. Um, you know, with Coloco, it's, it's a little bit more nuanced to the position and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I, I'm with you there. Poor Malachi Flynn, man. Uh, <laughs> haven't mentioned him here at all. First of all, kind of think he should be playing summer league honestly like really? yeah like he, he didn't get summer league in his first year because he was part of that weird rookie class that got drafted a month before the season started yeah. uh played summer league last year looked really good to be fair and so maybe that kind of graduated him beyond needing to be in summer league but like he didn't have himself a very good season his one really good stretch of play got cut short by injury which sucks I know there's lots of people who believe in Malachi Flynn still among Raptors fans. I think he should be getting more of a fair shake. I, I am kind of not in that boat. I think he's had a lot of opportunity to kind of run with it and has not done so outside of that one time. And it sucks that injury kind of derailed that one stretch after the All-Star break this year. But I think the other thing, too, is if Malachi Flynn is going to become a reliable NBA player, it's going to be as like a pick-and-roll guard in some way, shape, or form. And who better to get him some chemistry with than Christian Coloco, than who you figure, if he is going to play second unit minutes, that's who his big man's going to be. That feels like a little bit of a misstep. Like, it was weird seeing, like, the shot of all the guys on the team sitting courtside and Malachi Flynn's hanging out there, too. I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't want to, like, denigrate Malachi Flynn too much, but he feels like he should be playing in Summer League, no? Yeah, I can see that. I could also see it being like a weird, like, give him some confidence type thing. It's like you're like actually telling him, hey, you're above that. Right, um, right. Just focus sure. on, you know, being like a three-point shooter. I think that's the big thing with him, right? Again, it's yeah. just like that willingness to shoot the outside shot, being a catch-and-shoot guy. Um I think we can keep talking about, hey, more pick and rolls, pick, more pick and rolls, more pick and rolls for him. Yes, yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reality is, um, if that is what he really wants, then he's going to have to find a different team. Yeah. Um, this is what you're going to have to be on this team. Um, you showed the one side of it that you need on this team, uh, even in the postseason, where uh, you did well against both Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. Yeah, right? for sure. Uh, those spot minutes that he got and was able to play really good defense on both those guys, it's like, hey, man, like, there's plenty of reason to keep you on the floor uh, for what you can provide on that end. It's just the other end that really needs to fit along with the offensive philosophy of this team. For sure. Uh, again, I, I think I'm probably lower on Malachi Flynn's potential to be a regular rotation piece on this team than most just because it seems like they're very clearly leaning in towards people who are taller than Malachi Flynn to run the, run the offense more than more often than not. If, and if Delano Banton's going to play like he did in that summer league opener, then Flynn is extremely SOL, I think. But uh, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. More summer league games to come. The next one's Tuesday night. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday's podcast for sure. We will round out today's episode now, though. Big V, anything you'd like to promote before we get out of here? Uh, usual stuff. Uh, Raptors.com. Um, we'll have some summer league content uh interviewing a few guys so i get some some of their stories on what they're working on in the summer and that type of thing and uh yeah cbc sports complex canada you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob
Doing the summer league media stuff without having to go and bake in the 120 degree heat. That seems like a bloody win to me. Good job, sir. Uh, we're going to round it out there. Thank you very much. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, topic TBD, honestly. Well, maybe it's more Kevin Durant. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you posted on uh, all that's going on. We'll also check in with Katie Heindel some po- at some point this week as she was at Summer League over the weekend. So we'll get the... That might be tomorrow's episode if she's back. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen locked on NBA as they are covering Summer League in the offseason wonderfully. Lots of folks down at Summer League from the NBA channel as well. Getting that in-person look at all this very fun and exciting basketball that's going on down there in Vegas. Fun and exciting. Those are definitely words that I use to describe Summer League ball. Uh, We'll round it up there. Talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.